0: Friends, folks of all kinds and creeds Welcome
1: to Cerulea After Dark
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is our Patreon feed So only the highest quality material here for the subscribers. That's it.
1: I'm wearing my finest cloak of silk.
2: (laughs) You can't prove that she isn't. (laughs) I'm Uh. definitely
1: not wearing yoga pants. (laughs) Today, uh, we are doing our
0: season one retrospective, looking back at the Festival of Lights, as it is dubbed in my own brain. Of course, it is I, Damien Ashcroft, your Dungeon Master. I'm joined by Carolina
2: Furman. Hello. Hello.
0: And Ashley Bletchenden. Hello. We're going to be talking about all of the things that we got up to, which for us was a long time ago, but for you listening was only a short while ago, and kind of like what it was like to make it and how much fun and all of that stuff. Sound good? Excellent. Yeah. Rock I had some
2: notes. Yeah. I had some questions <laughs> for Damian. Someone's prepared.
0: Lovely. Let's start at the start. So, mm-hmm. for anybody also on the Patreon feed, of course, this particular episode is going to go out on the main feed. So, Welcome treat. to the party, so you know what you're missing out on by not jumping on patreon.com slash Cerulea podcast, all one word, to get access to this particular show, it is our episode zero, like our session zero for season one, where we discussed actually like making the world of Cerulea and the city of Duopolis, and we made our original characters. I should um, listen to that. <laughs> it was a cute one. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then we did the first one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Zero to one. Zero to one. To two, to three, to four, to five.
2: As is traditional.
0: (laughs) So the Festival of Lights started episode one, the festival season. We had Mitochondria uh, and the proud family of Heartfire looking to champion in the arena. We had Mrs. Mugwort, our local business owner, looking to win the Gourmands competition and Elsie Street doing urchin crime. doing some crime for a mysterious figure called the violent monk. Uh, sorry, Violet Monk.
1: How did Elsie know it was a crime? That's what I say. It's, it's just a task, it's just a job she was asked to do.
2: I'm I'm pretty sure she knew it was not on the up and up. Also, I want to know because the, the, the big bad of season one is, yes. is Timothy. Fucking Timothy. And I named him. What was what was the plan for his name before I just shoehorned in At this Timothy? point
0: now, I couldn't possibly tell you what I thought his name was going to be, but it was definitely going to be more badass like than Timothy.
1: Something like Gerald? <laughs>
0: something like Gerald. <laughs> Gerald yeah, comes so. up a lot in the show as well. This was one oh, of my really? throwaway <laughs> names. Um, there's there's a bunch of Gerald's in season two, I think. I
2: think one of my sons is called Gerald. There's definitely Maybe a... that's why.
0: But yeah, I, c- I couldn't honestly tell you because... Uh, I think all of the heartfires. I actually, I only had the Violet Monkey in my head going into the show, because um, all the other heartfires were named on the fly as well when we met them. Even the name Heartfire, I only said in the episode after Elizabeth described her heraldry.
2: Oh, oh! See, so the thing is, I. Because we're all improvisers. Yeah. When a character comes in, you just you just endow yeah. them. You just give them a name. You give them attributes. So I just did it.
0: That's it. I love it. Yeah, you just came out swinging there. And of course, the plan was for me in, a, in episode one in season one, I was like, these three people, okay, maybe they are no of each other, but they definitely need to start separated and come together. So I gave you all that common character, the NPC as a heel, um, who would have a direct interaction with each of you in your own scene, which was the Violet Monk in full costume for Elsie, then named Timothy Hartfire in his kind of role as a tax collector um, for Mrs. Mugwort, and then the brother of Mitochondria in that third scene. And then based on the fact that you were all interacting with this guy, you, you would naturally get together and have something to do by the end, which worked out.
1: I think it took me most of the episode to realize he was the same person oh, yeah, and same. also to realize his name was the Violet, Violet Monk, Monk, not the violent monk but he turns out he did he was get pretty violent. violent so
0: <laughs> uh, by the end. Fair. yeah episode one yeah I was really happy with episode one definitely like it was our first episode right it was mm-hmm. the very fucking beginning of everything
1: my first uh, D&D yes how exciting any other cool stuff happened there we had um, we had chocolate milkshakes yeah, with that Chocolate milkshakes my, oh, We got Viper and Thick Boy um, was that? We got weed brownies We, we? Did, get weed we brownies did get weed brownies At the brownies. very end
2: I oh.
0: use that as a great um, Poll right Every now and then Somebody like a family friend Will ask me like Hey like what's the podcast about Or like Like you know what's the rating And I'm like Alright It's generally pretty chill but at the end of the first episode, the whole party gets blasted on weed brownies at a gnome rave. So if yeah. you want your kid listening to that, it's fine. The rest of it is not going to be also, a problem. And um, also,
1: there is there is Peter Piper, He's a bit of an
2: R-rated He's character. He's just sometimes. a
0: nudist at the end of the day, right? That's like, true. He is just a nudist. He doesn't put his dick in anybody in anywhere no. that you know it doesn't want to be. He just lets it free. hang out.
2: But also, I do remember in the first episode when he's taking Elsie to go have first-degree <laughs> I do think I make a joke some of the ones really hope he's it not a pedophile. So and we didn't go down that path, yeah. and I'm so happy we didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you know, Peter win.
0: was always. And I've had, tell you what, this is another thing: just demo behind the screen. That character has been in three campaigns, not always named Peter Piper, but, like, friendly bard guy is just, like, my... He's a bard? Yeah, he's just, like, he's I mean, like an he's, he's an orator, person. right? That's he's he's, he's city announcer. Abilities. Um And just, like, yeah, that he's kind of my, you know, friendly NPC who is kind of, like, you know, he's got his fingers in the pies and Literally. he can um, he hook you guys up with stuff.
2: My... Favorite thing about Peter Piper, and I think we do this a lot more in season two, spoiler alert, than we do in season one, is that we <laughs> will have whole conversations where Peter Piper is explicitly in the same room. Yeah. Where, like, like, we started feet away doing that in season completely. one. And we just, we just him, forget completely forget he's there. And then like 20 minutes later, we're like, oh Poor yeah, guy. Peter, what do you what do you think? It's
0: fucking brilliant. So episode one, of course, ending at the gnome rave. With everyone rolling to get stoned, the Violet Monk
1: bursts in. True, true. Um, I was quite happy with that little cliffhanger. Are you going to be like, I did not like what you did in this episode, though?
2: Bad (laughs) Bad Um, (laughs) jobs. You did a bad job of playing d &D. We always roll with
0: the punches. Um, This is like, this is an improvised podcast. I only ever am thinking one episode ahead. So I knew that, like, putting you guys now finally into a group combat situation, straight at the top of episode two with the Rat Brigade, would kind of cover it and then wherever you ended up and you ended up in some very interesting places
2: one of the interesting things that i found about re-listening to season one was that i'd be listening to it and i'd make a joke and then recorded carolina would, <gasps> make, the same, would make the same joke and i'd be like <laughs> <laughs> it'd be so funny if i said that and i was like listening to it in the car with my Yass. wife and then i'd make a joke and then fake Then audio carolina would make fake a joke fake <laughs> <Carolina>. <laughs> she's real Asked too carolina. not real anymore the
0: subliminalizing is that a but word but like
2: and then so car radio would make the joke and then audio r- carolina would make the same joke like 4 seconds later i'm like hmm really only got four jokes don't i
0: <laughs> if with a gun and
2: uh. <laughs> 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 i had no idea i said it as often as i did uh
0: it's it's rule one of the drinking game um elsie's fucking Disguise. I was not ready. And this is one of the <laughs> So like, you've got to have a new player at the table. That's like so much fun shit happens just because somebody who doesn't know what D D is supposed to be quote unquote, doesn't take shit for granted and just chooses to do stuff that you would never think to do as somebody who, you know, kind of lives and breathes this game oh, for as long as I have. That
2: whole bit where you got that the war hammer say, right. off of the rats because oh <laughs> you were like, you'll make your dick fall out. It was so, um, so fucking funny. Um, also the, that the I found my
1: in my costume. Yeah. I, that was pretty gross. It
0: was too. brutal. I was like, yeah, there's a lot of dead rats in here. So you got to just roll for stank.
1: But that costume was also used by the media the next day as That's a reason it. that it was fake news. I had um, forgotten that until I listened to it. Yes. And I was like, oh no, I was the contributor to fake news. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, I jumped up on that. There's the benefit of like cutting the show is that I like redo the episode and then I spend the whole week kind of re-listening to the episode two or three times in order to
1: well, pare it down good. to
0: the first cut, which kind of gives me a lot of...
1: By the next episode, I've generally forgotten 90% everything. of what happened the previous one. Oh yeah, one.
2: absolutely. Like, and I keep, I keep... I, I think mean, I mean I I'm very
1: professional. I study it. Yeah.
2: I think depth. I mentioned this before we started recording, but like episode one, I was promised a plot. Mm-hmm. and I, I i don't think i have received well it's only been like two days I'll tell you know, what, i think like,
0: so the plaque definitely arrives well yeah that's the thing it's like the whole season one takes place in two days
2: how many um, days is
1: season two we can't say three it's still being
2: produced by the Everything, goblin yeah. artifices um, and think of the bureaucracy but then of course you mm-hmm.
1: know the whole city kind
0: of goes to shit so maybe it does kind of get
2: Pushed down the bottom of the pile.
0: Sunk into the, oh, into the bureaucracy a little forget,
2: bit. they might forget, but I won't. Mrs. Mugwort it down.
0: <laughs> um, so no, that plaque definitely, you know, comes to Mugwort sometime in the downtime in between seasons one and two. It's the one thing she does get after being shafted by the city for saving everyone's ass.
2: I feel like it's like when when you're in lockdown and you do a bunch of online shopping and then you forget mm. what you ordered and it comes and you're like, oh, what did cost me? Buy me um, candy. present,
0: Yes. Uh, speaking of... Blank segue to the orb.
1: Speaking
2: of blank.
0: Yeah, I have no idea how to segue to Elsie touching oh. the orb. I just, that was the other <laughs> thing that happened in episode
1: two. Oh, I just thought it'd be fun if I touched it. Yeah, really. to touch it. Um, that says so much about it. So See what happens.
2: And there's a lot of, I think, when you, when you do improv, you, you lean into repetition. So if someone says something and you just... It's sort of ingrained that you just repeat it and you make it bigger. Mm. So the fact that we were all were like, "You touched the you orb," touched the and man. I think there was like thirty seconds. And I remember it finding
1: Nemo when the fish you touched like touch, touched the butt,
2: you touched the butt.
1: That's kind of like
0: <laughs> where we what go. Probably
1: inspired me subconsciously. Um, yes, the orb. The orb was yeah, just the orb. Just the orb. And and the fact that like
0: Elsie <laughs> went there to the to the lair like right away was. Very cool for me I love- um, because she was the one person who kind of fit in there. Yeah, and yeah. I was able
1: to kind of pull on that. I know. You actually kind of belong with us a little bit. Like you could. I know. And at the time I was like, oh my God, we're like 20 minutes into the episode. I have not decided. I, I don't know where else <laughs> he's going. So I was a bit torn. Yes. Mm. A bit torn.
2: I loved Wendell as a recurring really character. Oh my God. Oh he was in the f- and I think initially Wendell he was Wendelin. Yeah. And then he became Wendell. Yeah, for That's sure. That's a nickname. Yeah. yeah That's rotten. what his mates call Window
0: was also like, yeah, a pure ass grab. Like just, he came out of thin air. He and was, then just kept coming back. He was the
2: first combatant and uh, Elizabeth's character, Mother mm. the just caved his poor head in. Yeah. And then he was a rat dude later on. And then just pulling all those he friends. died, didn't he? And then yeah. he gets,
0: uh, yeah.
1: Because we convinced him to help <laughs> us, I
2: think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Against, against <laughs> tactics. Uh, he
0: dies doing what he loves, Tactics. Uh, yeah, um, tax-sticks. We'll come back to tactics. he
2: <laughs> has an amazing. Wish to an amazing. <laughs> Name. what a
0: guy join <laughs> we need a picture of of the um inspiration of tactics for sure i'll go take it right now do it so yeah you know a little uh studio here a friend of mine's uh garage workshop that we've kind of worked into a thingo
2: i take one good photo yeah we've got a little
0: chest of tools beauty so yeah, Wend- Wendell. And I remember, like, I had a friend who was like listening to the show when I was first you had a trying to. Wendell. I had a called Wendell. No, he was just a guy. And I was, it was just a random thing. And I was like, oh, just again, as you say, like when once you say a thing, you just keep using it. Um, because why the fuck not? And I needed like a weeb for mitochondria to fight, you know, in in the first fight just to be easy before I gave her somebody who might actually. Kick her ass.
2: I kept forgetting in mitochondria's fights that she was a dragonborn. And when she spat on people, it was acid fit. And I kept thinking it was a dominant <laughs> thing.
1: Yes. I think I realized probably about four episodes in that, like, what a dragonborn actually looked like. Mm. Also, there was also the what is a kobold look like, which was is great a as well. And also when I realized that a halfling and a hobbit were the same thing in like episode six.
2: Yeah, yeah. no, except I mean, that, except they're completely different that because word. of copyright reasons. Different.
1: Completely different because yeah. of copyright reasons. I mean, what? You can cut that out, Damien. Tolkien Estate.
2: They have ears and spies everywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're always watching. Maybe I'm a spy. Um, That's
0: all I love Lord of the Rings. I always go to L.O.T.R. when I'm writing. But Cerellia, much bigger for... Steven Universe was much bigger... Influence on me, Cerelia, I think, for, much for making <laughs> uh, Um Episode three. Episode three. Which one was Balloon that? ride. Oh, intense. Um, what a episode. Our shortest and most intense of the season. Just, oh my I, God.
2: I love the whole interaction between me and mitochondria, where she desperately wanted me to where her household That cars. went on for so And <laughs> I really an desperately didn't want to wear and it. And it got quite weirdly it tense. It got tense. In oh, the workshop I was well. like,
1: holy
0: I love, shit. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Elizabeth and Carolina being across from each other at the table, it's juicy. Oh. And it gets, like, and it keeps getting <laughs> yeah. juicy. Like, you guys, because you're good, you're both good character actors. And there's, there's this thing about, uh, like acting in improv, where I find they're technically opposed, right? Actor commits to a choice and like stays with it until a justification occurs and they change. Often an improviser is changing their choice to facilitate the scene and then deciding why that was sensible later. And that means that, you know, when you, you two actors are more likely to create tension in a scene, because they're not going to change their point of view to make, to progress the story, right? It's just like, this is who we are. And We're gonna fucking deal with it. Yeah, I yeah. basically
2: backed down because I was like, "This is stretching out a lot." We kind of have Dude to keep playing. We kind of need to move. <laughs> so, but I think after the after the balloon went down, or I tried to go badly. Um, when I even when I even put it on, I put like it underneath yeah, my clothes inside. out.
0: Mug what the punk? Um, and then Quincy takes down the balloon. I remember I was walking through the city like two days before we filmed, before we recorded. Sorry that session, and when that lightning bolt struck my brain. And I was like, yeah.
1: So you you thought before that they'd go in a balloon? I I, knew about the
0: balloon. So the balloon was somewhat teased out in our session zero because we were like, Duopolis is a very (laughs) steep city. Yeah. So naturally some amount, and this is like a fantastical world. So like at least me and Elizabeth had been talking a little bit off mic about what her family has access to. Mm. Like you're a noble, so you've got fun toys, but you know, you you can't just be like, I have everything I need because now the mission has no stakes. But we're like, your family definitely has a, a hot air balloon.
2: Because that's just something. I do remember going, have. Oh, it's the best hot air balloon. because It's the only hot air balloon. <laughs> yeah. You know well, mean like, yeah. like, no,
1: no, it's yeah. not. <laughs> no, there are, in fact,
2: loads of them. Like, yeah. oh, okay. I was like, I want to say
0: yes, but I got to, for continuity, say no, 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 no. Um, so I knew that Elizabeth was going to ride the balloon. That at least, like, at the end of episode two, at some point, Elizabeth had been like, Oh shit, we're going to get in the balloon and, like, ride right across the city it's going to be great. And I was like, Fuck yeah. Um, and then, of course, the whole kobold slavery thing was also a thread that was very intentional. And I'm like, okay, well, if the lower classes are revolting and, like, Timothy's causing a problem, like, if the problem is already inside a house heartfire, how deep does it go? I, I do have a question about that, take.
2: though. Like, Quincy and Timothy were connected.
0: Quincy and Timothy were 100% in love. I didn't decide that they were, in fact, in a relationship romantically until Quincy died the next week. So it was like, oh, okay. now, that, now that the balloon has gone down so dramatically and that Quincy has, like, martyred himself... The, the question I had
2: about that yeah. was Did Timothy know that Quincy was going to martyr himself like that?
0: 100% no. Furthermore, Timothy had no idea that like Quincy pulled the trigger and only has, um, because I'm like, you got to go off just what we saw on the ground. Like, mm. there would have been eyes on the ground when the balloon goes down. Mitochondria does the sensible, angry teenager thing and fucking jumps on the kobold's head. So all Timothy knows is big balloon crash. Mitochondria jumped on my boyfriend's head until it was paced. That's all the information he has. And that's why he's so thoroughly pissed off.
2: Yeah. Did when he, she meets did him again, finally. Mito- did he see Mugwort yelling at Quincy?
0: I mean, at that point, it would have been like he wouldn't really have cared yeah. quite nearly as much.
2: Because I'm, I'm going to be honest, in that way, Quincy's kind of a bad boyfriend. Because yeah. if I was going to murder myself for a revolutionary cause, I'd run to by my wife first. So, like, <laughs> you so I'd be like, tell "Hey, yeah, <laughs> darling, I mean, was... I'd like to murder myself." Because then you know you had you had like it
0: I was don't... such an opportunity for him. Like he had no idea that the balloon was going to get used, <laughs> yeah, and that he would be I'm alone like... in the basket with mitochondria.
2: Like we order groceries as a team. I wouldn't like <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I no. feel like on not on that on those grounds, Quincy's mm. kind of a shit boyfriend. Oh, for sure. It's my hot take.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's. A, I mean, it's a complicated relationship, and maybe one that will uh, open up <laughs> more since Timothy is still alive, and that is an as of yet still unresolved thread. Fuck yeah! And then of course Piper rescues Elsie, and oh yeah, yep, yep. Uh, from the cistern. Because I'm like, I just need on again helpful bard guy. Just kind of like mm. is always where you need him to be.
1: What about me taking a bit off the orb? Did you taking
0: the bit off the orb was absolutely. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, I set you up nicely there. That set me up yeah. very nicely.
1: <laughs> well, it's just what Elsie would do, right? Because
0: it goes like a twist at are like, time. oh, it's funny if I took the on switch and I was like, okay, yes, and it's not the on-, on switch, it's the off switch. Like I couldn't counter the offer because it's too funny, but I couldn't like let them not turn the orb on because then I can't fucking unleash my campaign ending McGuffin, But if like, again, if you've accidentally taken the off switch, it's like we can't turn it off once it goes on until yeah, Elsie figures of- out how to fix her thing.
1: Yeah, potentially kicked us in the butt, but you know.
0: Mm. And there was like three turns, I think, in that final fight where <laughs> Elsie's just like fucking desperately searching it around the uh, the orb to try to find out where the fuck the, the piece goes.
1: Ah, that <sighs> that's final what fight. what happens when you've got greedy, greedy eyes. Well, yeah, just, yeah, brilliant.
0: Where the orb comes from, that's a whole thing. Um, oh. a-
2: I think it's in episode four that we meet the... Other Monks? The Other
0: Monks, yeah. Episode four, The Morning After. That one, weirdly long episode. It's like an hour and a half. It's a long episode. Even slightly longer. It's one of the longer episodes of the entire season. Mm -hmm. And there's no combat in it whatsoever. It is just chatting and discussing and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what the hell you guys all know Elsie wakes up at House Heartfire and has breakfast with oh, yeah, true, true. the Heartfire parents.
2: Uh, and then you had that whole conversation <laughs> about whether or not kobolds should be free. That and it's brilliant brilliant, and super awkward. <laughs>
1: um, I think I just got away. I was like, no, how can you? I just can't, can't do it. Yeah. yeah. Gotta say something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> how would you disguise yourself? What is it? We're like, dad knocks um, on the door because of course he's found out about all the fucking shit that happened last night. Um and Elsie goes to hide. I'm like, obviously you hide under the bed, right? And she's like, No, there's a giant book <laughs> <laughs> I put it over
1: the top of myself. You know, I gotta oh I gotta keep the lulls up.
0: Um and then of course your springs to mitochondria's defense. Um that's also a cheeky rose for Elizabeth and the way that she chose to play Mitochondria very differently with every different person. So, like, Mitochondria mm. is very, very overbearing. Like, she's an absolute just terrible person to the house staff, generally quite rambunctious but overbearing to the other party members. And then as soon as she's talking to her dad, she fucking melts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like just
2: Mummy. No status. Mumsy. Daddy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely loved that.
2: Oh, sorry. I just remember when we... No, I think this happens slightly later when we all go to the Heartfire House mm. and we're trying to convince them that Timothy. I can't remember exactly when this happened. This is, this we, is before
0: but, the balloon ride. Right? Like Mugwort and Mitochondria go straight to House Heartfire after the Gnome rave. Uh-huh,
2: but I remember we 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 come back and we've mm. we found them just past coitus. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This is before the balloon ride.
2: Yeah, yeah and so roll, we come roll, back roll, and they're like they're having a bit for of a fa- parents oh, are yeah, getting that busy. That was a good one. That
1: was a good one. I love fun roles like um, that.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, oh. mitochondria's parents are a steamy, steamy pair. I
1: mean, we can't forget the best role, role for hug. Role
0: for hug. When did the first role for hug happen?
2: Uh, I know. think it was with my son after he healed mitochondria after the balloon. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, with yeah. Um, my favorite son, uh, Tobias. Tobias.
0: Yes. What a legend. Good name. Um, yeah, so I had cleric show up, doctor in the house. I was four points off just instantly instantly ending mitochondria and that crash I was that's the brilliant thing about fifth ed and how hard it is to kill player characters mm. like in older editions of the game a hundred foot drop is just like if you're not eighth or ninth level you're just not going to survive deal with it but the fact that she just falls a hundred feet Splat,
1: straight on the ground. Doesn't she fall on a fluffy
0: horse? She tried to fall on the fluffy horse. Didn't ha- didn't and, ha- and the fluffy horse made it save and was like, there's no way I'm making a fall. Get lost.
2: <laughs> the, horse oh, like, the, the horse was like, nah, get fucked. Nah, get fucked, mate.
0: <laughs> uh, and she just, boom, hits the ground, takes full damage. And then, of course, you know, takes one healing spell and she's back up and she's fine. Yeah. Uh, um, too strong, though. Too strong. A lot of people have house rules where, like, if you go down or you take, like, lots of damage, there are extra injuries or you take levels of exhaustion, which sort of hamper your other abilities mm. um, but in general 5e is a very player supportive game where you always have options and death That's spirals nice. aren't really uh, encouraged just because it keeps those high powered heroics just up there yeah, and yeah. happening
1: people will risk stuff
0: uh, so we finally met the warlocks.
2: Oh, yeah. They were great.
0: Hody Titus, um, Hernia. That was my name. Um,
2: hernia was you, Carolina. Hernia was me trying to name it Hermia, which oh, is a character oh, yeah. from...
1: That would have been good. Isn't she a great She's from Midsummer Night's Dream. I was That's on a Shakespeare kick
2: that week and I wanted to name her Hermia. But then I misspoke and named her Hermia and tried to course correct mm. and Deemer was like, no. We're here now. <laughs> You've said it. It's, it's canon now. so funny because he's a with pain with in the house. Uh Yeah. Clearly
1: also a great name. <laughs> 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 um, I love that name. Yes. What was the other one? The other one had a normal name Euripides. No. I Honestly, I couldn't tell you the middle one. I don't know.
2: Oh, yeah, it I was know. like, it was a much more normal name, which is yeah, why we got not with an H.
1: Nobody, nobody. Just, anyway, he was just a
0: guy. And yeah, they were, they were very kind of smiley and, and crazy. Yeah. Um, just trying to channel my inner Leslie Nope as much as I could by, by voicing them.
2: The episode was good because it meant we brought in the Book of Round Things. Yes. Book of Round Things. That and is. we had the we book. have of, to make
0: that book. The point of the yeah, big Book of Round Things. It's on my things. list of things
2: to make. I want so to make good. that book. But I, it also brought in the Moon. And the sun are like folk folktales. Someone believes yeah, in the yeah. like Ness Monster. But Mugwort secretly believes.
0: Oh, yeah. There's definitely, yeah, it's like she still believes in Santa, but it's like it's the moon. I have I have a little notion for, but that's uh, spoilers beyond season two. Anyway, Ooh. let's not worry about it. Um, Don't worry, I'll forget it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah i <I'm> be <laughs> forgotten. But playing with the sun and the moon as like myths. Can, because, of course, the sun fangs are still called the sun fangs.
1: Maybe son is so like, S-O-N.
0: Whoa.
1: What? Um, um, what? Um, daughter teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Carolina still uh, hasn't. <laughs> no, I got
2: didn't find funny. It wasn't yeah. good. I, if, if it was funny, I would have laughed.
1: Um.
0: It. Lol. Fair, fair. Uh, so we had the chartreuse, the little pool. I just needed the warlocks to be magical. Oh, the pool. That
1: was kind of creepy.
0: Yeah. yeah warlocks yeah. needed to be yeah, kind of spooky. Um... And just kind of otherworldly. I liked, yeah, the the idea of the lakes and the warlocks.
1: Did the visions help? What did we do with the visions? We just knew
2: about um, them. I had a vision of everything going badly mm-hmm. if we didn't save the day. And you had a vision of, like, being with Timothy and the Rat Brigade and everything. Yeah, but then it, 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 it went, supper. like, mm-hmm. dark and not good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just kind of just let loose with foreshadowing but didn't actually give you any useful actionable Sorry. information. We went to
1: the Book of things. Um mm. did we find but anything? You, I don't think you actually found <laughs> anything terribly no, useful. I don't think we found anything. It was a nice trip. It was we, just a we good got a new joke <laughs> You got
0: a good in joke out of it. Um and a really I'm really that picture of the of the uh, Timothy's Last Supper with Thick Boy splayed out on the table. Um, oh. as just like he, because you know, his whole thing is just eat the rich. And
2: you, you briefly tried to get Ashley to put, um, Archibald yeah, the mouse yeah. into the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that like, came
1: from you. I was like, well. no, what's precious? Squeak, squeak. I know. Poor Archibald. Um, later. So precious that I forget about him <laughs> of 90% of the <laughs> time.
0: Um, dicks out breakfast with Peter Piper.
1: Um, because oh, right,
2: it's, it's a thing, you know, in, in Cirelia that gnomes don't wear, don't mm-hmm. wear clothes during yeah. breakfast. Like
1: to be free around. The genitalia. Yeah,
0: because because gnomes are like the chiefs of the South Peak and that's kind of like supposed to be the most liberal-esque angle. It's just like, how can I make them the most free? Um, by denying even wearing clothes at home? What else? I think the morning else? after we see Mitochondria maybe go to the stadium, which is where she begins the fifth episode, Fight or Flight, which is named after the song I wrote. For the episode when gwyneth makes her first appearance.
2: Oh yes. Uh
0: well, second oh, appearance. But she's
2: like a, she's under like a sexy glamour. She disguised
0: herself as a as a stripper and then in order to get close to mitochondria, and then Cuz
2: thick boys just Amber, having a good is time. Her. Thick
0: boys just having a good time. Yeah, I love how you guys are like is thick boy in on the take and I'm like I'll get to be like Th- thick boys just a-
2: thick boys just thick boy. Uh,
0: I boys just thick boy. Um
2: What I have, I have the same question as it for Timothy. What was his name before I oh, yeah. accidentally derailed that?
0: Uh, uh, Thick Boy's another one. I definitely had a name. I remember, like, cleaning a shower one day and thinking of Thick Boy's name and going, this is an awesome name. And it was... Ajax Spray and Wipe. Something <laughs> 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 it wasn't cleaning chemically, but it was something kind of, yeah, like... Uh, Linx Greco-Roman, like, just cool. Um it's totally links, wasn't it? And, and it just... It's gone. Uh, and I couldn't think of it in the episode, of course, which is why... The space to jump in with thick boy occurred. And then it was just like, now he's just Lord thick boy. Um, I
2: remember there was a bit in the first episode where I'm making him, um, a, uh, like making I'm making him a food and he goes, yeah. Oh, dwarves straying from tradition. I wouldn't, <laughs> yes. wouldn't expect it. And I just go, that's because you're racist. racist. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> coming out swinging. I love that. Especially cause we're in a city. Playing with what is normal and like what is cultural and what is species specific, because um, of course D and D, you know, if you just read the general law, you know, elves generally think and behave a certain way, and or and dwarves and orcs and like all of these creatures kind of have this different way of living and acting. Um, and there's something that one of my favorite content creators, Matt Colville, talks about, which is like it sh- they should be different. Like we should feel the same difference between cats and dogs when we look at elves and orcs, for instance. Um, cause otherwise what's the point in there being elves and orcs? Why don't we all just like be one species? But then also, you know, when they're living in a city and everyone's kind of close together, how do those lines blur? Um, and how do we do that? How far do we take the, what is it? Modern social justice kind of thing of being like, yeah, people are just people anywhere you go. Things to think about, mm. you know,
1: apart from orcs, they're, apart from orcs. Not, they're not people.
0: Orcs are definitely people, but we didn't meet any in this, season but I, I, there's there some, there some cheeky I and fun talk characters in season
1: two i can't remember um after will re- <laughs> listen to it <laughs> when we come back to finally releasing
0: uh and doing the talk back
2: there's, for that all, one. there's only one thing i very strongly remember about season two and that's and like feel free to cut this out and that's ewan's character's inability to keep a shirt on yes. for like more than five seconds such a <laughs> She's meme always oiled
0: always oiled
2: it, particularly if it's been a while and you, 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 you've you played it but you haven't heard it or done it for yeah. like a year and you listen back and you're like oh my friends are really funny
0: oh. this is great we're coming up to like I want to say we're coming up we're past yeah. a year we started recording in September of
2: 2020 mm. for season one. Oh gosh
1: so, back when the world um, was young back when the world was young
0: uh, and we were coming out of our
1: first lockdown
0: took, yeah we take our time making it get there
1: had a couple of couple of periods where we couldn't
0: Mm. do it cuz of covid <laughs> well this this yeah this recent lockdown set our schedule back a little bit but the initially it was just yeah <gasps> christmas t- 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 taking the time christmas holidays um we started recording for season 2 quite quickly but i just like mm. catching up on post production was just me being kind of lazy but uh, we're doing I this in our spare time lazy. you know we like we
1: spend a lot of time
0: <laughs> this this year i have this is the thing this year i got real fucking hard on myself I'm just what's like your, doing an hour a day ask you
1: a question now Damien what's mm. your like process for editing do you like get up in the morning and do it we turn this into a self-help what are your tips there are, what are your
0: levels and layers so this year my my hard line for myself was just do an hour a day and I was more often than not doing that before bed mm-hmm. like I'd get up and have breakfast and get about my day job and do my teaching and then like once my day was finished it was just mm-hmm. like what time do I have left to crush my podcast work and of course, editing the show is kind of like editing the episode is one whole process. You take the raw recording, I gotta cut it just to sort of take out the minutes that we don't want in there, trim it oh, so that bad jokes. it's nice and clean, um, sonically, not um, take content off wise.
2: Of swears. <laughs> <laughs> know, Carolina swears.
0: Carolina swears is
1: the best. When Mugwort swears, you know shit's real. Oh, uh, the what you do say, Carolina, your favorite word is livid. You're like, I L- was just livid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He oh, was no. just
0: livid. livid. Yeah. Do I
1: say that I've a noticed lot? you say it a bit. It's a good oh, word. It's a good okay. word. I'm glad you say it. Anyway, sorry. David. I often have
0: words of the episode. Like I'm listening back to myself at a certain episode. I'm like, I said that word like fucking eight times. It's uh. stupid.
2: I did realize that in the whole of uh, season one, there are three uses of the word cunt. And I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <I'm out. laughs> the first time all, I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> they're all in like the last episode. <laughs>
0: Yeah, things get things get heated at the end.
2: Yeah. Just waiting
1: for next season. <laughs>
0: um, Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Spend a bit of time on it. Spend a bit of time on it every day. But in terms of like the overall process, I always cut quickly. So um, the primary edits always happen. I try to get that done before the next recording. So it's always like three or four days it takes me of just kind of plugging away at it um, to get the primary cut done just so that I've done that first pass before I play the next episode. So I have... I know what happened. I've got the time to percolate what might happen next. Uh, then the soundtrack was much later down the track. So yeah, that was.
1: Damien wrote all the music. All a very single impressive. bit of it. Sorry? Um, every single bit of it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, half of it was kind of live tracked with my own instruments and half of it was like
1: digitally composed using MIDI. Would you like listen? Would you know the general vibe of what was happening and then do a piece? Mm. Or how would you do it? It was kind of
0: half and half. So. I've started to also for the Patreons um, drop our like finished pieces of soundtrack on the main feed. That's like at the first tier. You can like check out those songs uh, and try to write like a little blurb about how I came up with it when I post it. Um, So main character themes were all ready before I started working on the soundtrack. So like I knew Mugwort's theme was like a piece in my head. I had the progression and the melody And that was one of the few, that and the intro theme, like I recorded as complete pieces um, before sort of going into working on the show. Elsie's theme, I had the progression and the melody, and you'll notice it shows up in just about every episode, but that specifically, I never did it the same way because I never had a stock recording of that one, which is called Ain't It Funny. Um, So it was always just playing it in the moment, however fast and however big it needed to be until the very fucking end of the show where I'm, Make it the biggest thing that particular song is about I want to say eleven tracks in that final like eight <laughs> bars after you decide to take Timothy prisoner um of like guitar parts and piano parts and electronic parts, and everything is yes. crazy um yeah.
2: I do remember when you first sent me Mugwort's theme, I was like so excited. And I was like showing it to like everyone I know. I'm like, this is my song. Yeah. This is uh, my character. It's pretty special having it's a great song just for It's
1: really
0: cool. Mm. And certainly all three of the character pieces and the main theme were all like just tunes that I was bugging around with in my head before we yeah, yeah. started the show or while we were working on the show. And I was just like, I just, I got to use this because it's here and it's good. And I feel like it'll
1: work for me. The one I probably. always have in my head is... Duh, duh, so that's, that's
0: the Heartfire theme. So like yeah. that's mitochondria's theme. That's always in my um, head. But <laughs> that was the, the original like piano riff was just, yeah, I was just like, how can I, like, I just want to try to play a tango. And I just started like fucking around in G minor. And and that kind of chord pattern came up. Um, and that's in episode one. And then, yeah, this was in episode three was the first one I did like a lot of digital music for because on the first two I'd like taken a Saturday I set up in the back room I plugged all my instruments in I uh, got everything set up on the computer and I would just play the episode until it felt like it needed music and then I would try to play some music so that was very oh. live track mm-hmm. and just like in the moment episode one has like one piece of stock music which is the drum track that I also recorded myself on my djembe and just edited oh. it to make it sound like a thousand drums I feel like I remember that um and
2: that bit with you reminded me of like um when they fight in avatar Mm. You know, on like having like a um, Ang fights yes. Zuko for the first time, yeah, or doing like half the Agni Kai's? It's, uh, the whole I was like, oh, that sounds like it. that was don't.
0: very much the vibe. I was, and I specifically called that track War Drums. It was just needed to sound like just a mad battle theme because I needed something actiony. Mm. Um, because while I'm recording music in the moment, it's just like playing stuff that's fast and punchy It's just hard, um, especially when you're improvising. So it's much easier to come up with like those slow expansive sounds where you just like throwing notes around and holding the sustain pedal and it basically works. But then in, in episode three, I just started really, I just couldn't for that weekend. I didn't get a chance to plug my stuff in on the Saturday and I'd gotten my new MIDI controller, like a little keyboard that I can plug into my computer and compose with. Uh, so it's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to start working on it and try to use these digital instruments that I have on my computer. I just haven't fucked around with yet. And then that song was a result of that fuckery and cool. it was pretty awesome excellent yeah skipping across to fight or flight which is the, mm. the episode we were technically talking about oh, um yeah. that's like a an instrument song like i live recorded that with like my bass and guitar just at that episode i was like we need some more like fight music mm. um and that is a sort of plagiarize not plagiarize in that that bass riff is something that one of my teachers at cit played like in their own band and i was just like this fucking that rhythm dun dun Dun, 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 dun. Um, just always stuck in my brain it earwormed me the moment I heard it I was like I need to just rip this shit off hard and I did
1: excellent yeah Very I definitely
0: cool. plan on sending them the the file and being like hey
1: thanks yeah, for yeah. giving me this
0: idea teach also listen to my podcast <laughs> also, listen to my podcast um, it's an homage alright the chord, the chord progression that goes over the top is technically different so it's not quite an entire ripoff.
2: so because I'm a thorough nerd in every part of my life. I'm also a member of the Canberra Lord of the Rings mm. club. And we were talking yesterday about art of Lord of the Rings and the Lord of the Rings role-play game and everything. Mm. And then we started, like, a bit of a detour by talking about Lord of the Rings game. And I was, like, this close to spooking surreally. And I'm like, uh. probably shouldn't. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Nice. It, wasn't, it wasn't the right zone. The right it wasn't zone. the right vibe. It wasn't the right vibe. It wasn't the right crowd. But I was like...
0: Um...
2: Because the the one in November and uh, yes. probably should cut this out. I'm doing a talk about orcs. Orcs, orcs, orcs. I have opinions about orcs.
0: Oh yeah. Aww. Um, so much stuff. Um, so <laughs> how do we get back on track somehow? Um, so fight or flight is yeah. the song that happens while Elizabeth's character Mitochondria is fighting Gweneth, who is the end. just like Timothy needs a lieutenant and warlocks uh, need to kidnap Mitochondria because she's you, you split the party. You gotta you gotta jump on that opportunity. Um. And there's that brilliant moment where I I get her with the sleep spell and then you guys have your whole book around things uh, Mm. bit. And then I've realised that the sleep spell only lasts a minute, which is clearly not enough time to hide a body in a building like the size of the stadium. Um, So she wakes up in transit and is able to break free and make a scene, but then just gets captured all over again because she goes in against the orb while there's like a dozen rat dudes just hanging out waiting to unleash their plan on the city.
2: Yeah, and at that point, we've just finished talking to the warlock mm. Mm. and we're in the cistern that's where we meet tactics, tactics.
0: yeah the cistern he's the
2: yeah. um city <laughs> he just, guard yeah
0: he was just guarding the sewer
2: yeah um, and I pretend to be like <laughs> extremely frail and my, oh, yeah. I'm really keen on seeing the f- sewer before I you to die before <laughs> <laughs> yeah my last wish before I leave this mortal coil uh, is to see the sewer su- is yeah. to see the sewer um, but then he won't leave us alone. Yeah, he's like, I'm absolutely going to help you,
0: but like, you're an old lady and I can't just like leave, leave you alone, you alone then, as you explore this dangerous area. And we went we run
2: into to Wendell and Ashley uh, and Elsie managed to, manages to convince Wendell to help. Mm, yeah. But then he Do fights we, tactics and tactics just tactics
0: just, burn, <laughs> yeah, kills <him.
2: laughs> just kills him. And oh, it, I'm quite emotional when we recorded it. And then after the fact, I was like. Well, Wendell, he didn't really have you had a short, sad life, <laughs> didn't you, friend? I felt really bad for mm. him. Yeah,
0: he essentially gets killed twice. Um,
1: yeah, because there's that bit when we're in the cistern and everyone's like freaking out. Yeah, they you come to the
0: cistern and the right? cops yeah, they show they up and everyone yeah. freaks out. Yeah.
2: yeah, and then some I can't remember how it, we get to underneath the stadium. I think, well, that's that's what
0: Wendell gives you. So when Elsie chases Wendell as everybody's running away, Mugwort's distracting tactics to prevent him doing anything about the the people. Uh, And then Elsie has a moment to talk to Wendell about like what the fuck the Violet Mugs plan is. And he tells you that the orb has already been taken to the stadium. So that's how, you know, to go straight to the stadium. Um, But you try to sort of take tactics out beforehand. And that just, the plan doesn't go great because dice basically.
2: And I'm pretty sure he comes back briefly, like he has a cameo in season two. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was like, you gotta, you gotta keep using this guy because we got him and he's good.
2: Yep. And then we get to, we get into the system, but it's like the wrong gate. And then like we try and get up, and it's a whole thing. And then the whole stuck in the f-
0: wall, and then fucking mugger oh. gives the position away with a bad stealth roll, and then it's on.
2: Yeah. And the whole fight on the the thing was so stressful. Oh. <laughs> what fight? The, the fight, fight on the dais, on the, like the, on final the dais. Fight. With the rising oh, orb in the last, um, yeah, in the last, does that come up in this episode? So, well, Starts
1: that's f-
0: fight or flight. What is it? Finishes with mitochondria getting snatched up by Timothy and the rat folk um, mm. because he un- he turns on the orb and we get to see finally what it does, um, and then Elsie and mitochondria arriving at the cistern. That's where episode five cuts, and then six kicks off with you guys in the cistern, dealing with tactics, getting to the stadium, discovering mitochondria captured by Timothy. Um, and then that confrontation proceeds.
2: Oh, and that's one of the best bits of of Timothy talking to mitochondria and saying, who cleaned your boots?
0: Oh, I was so oh, pleased yeah. with myself, just like rubbing my knuckles on my shirt when I thought of that line.
2: I'm pretty sure when you said that in the like, room, <laughs> I like jumped. Oh yeah. I was like,
0: fuck. I was like, this, yeah. is, this is my, this is the thing, the bullet I had in the chamber ready to go. Yeah. And
2: like mitochondria just fundamentally not understanding. Yeah. Why? Because there's a strict there's a strict mm, hierarchy in Duopolis, and I don't think mitochondria is inherently a bad person, mm. but she's definitely a consequence of that privilege and that hierarchy. Yeah. And so, when it's people who are in the same social strata as her, or slightly below, but she considers friends, mm. she can treat them quite nicely. Yeah. but people who are below her. She just doesn't, and she doesn't understand why. That's a bad thing. Mm,
0: yeah, mm. I think that was something really potent about the age that Elizabeth chose to play Mitochondria as at that sort of like nineteen-ish. There, yeah. like you, you are a cogent individual, but unless you've really made an effort to expand your horizons and like learn more about how people are and work, mm. you can be very narrow. Mm.
2: And I think that came through as well with her interactions with with my character mm. because. My character's older than her and yes. has like her own shop and has kids and has her own social standing, but she is still below in the hierarchy, yeah. the hot fires. And I think it was interesting that the the, the tension earlier that we mentioned between um Mitochondria really wanting Mugwort to wear her colours yeah. and Mugwort going No Absolutely not. I'm absolutely too old to be pushed around like this. And Mitochondria just Not th- th- really knowing what to not, do with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite moments of you and mitochondria as well is when she when she comes to the shop in episode four, like after getting severely dressed down by her parents, um, she comes in, of course, like full of emotion being like, oh, my life is terrible and everything's going wrong. And fucking and you come out with just mitochondria and just instantly she fucking calms the fuck down because you bring out the mum voice and actually give her some mentoring, which was very touching.
1: Thank you. Oh, yeah. look
0: at you too. It's cute. Um But the the final fight, man, mm. there was some fun shit in the final fight. I think it it pays to note just like that was a, it was a long episode and was a long filming session, recording session. And the things that we forgot to do uh in terms of like what stuff your characters had that would have made that fight orders of magnitude easier. So the orb, the orb mechanics is something I'm really happy with. Because, of course, when I introduced the orb, it was like, is it just going to explode, everybody? Is that going to be, mm-hmm. like, the way we finish? And I remember talking to my friend about it, who's, like, also a comic writer, and he's like, you know, this seems a bit cheesy, and I'm like, oh, I'll think of something else for it to be able to do that isn't so obvious. So just leaning into that sort of, like, the underclass rising up, I was like, the orb is going to be more dangerous to the people who are higher status and nicer to the mm, people who aren't. So, like, clever. Elsie coming in at two on the ladder was completely... Fine with it. It was actually her friend, if anything else. Um, whereas mitochondria and Reginald were very much in danger. Uh and then having people get sucked in was just and turned into rats How does
1: Timothy not get affected? Is it because he's kind of chosen to love? Yeah, himself? because
0: Timothy is a warlock of the rat. He's already sort of bonded his spirit with okay. that entity. So he's kind of he's probably, you know, been in there. Um but the orb was affecting you all with the poisoned condition if you failed your charisma save, which is just a nice simple way of giving everyone disadvantage on fucking everything. And...
2: I only realized this afterwards, yeah. but dwarves have an advantage against poison. You have
0: advantage on saves against poison. You have... You had a morsel which grants you a immunity to the poisoned condition. Yep. And... Oh, I um, made it more fun. <laughs> and, and you had a class ability, the cook. Check out DM's guild. It's just cook 5e... Uh, second level ability called smelling salts which allows you as a bonus action to give anybody else suffering from a condition the chance to repeat their saving throw
2: see i was making lots of character choices yeah. and in the moment of how stressful everything is mugwort forgot and definitely <laughs> not me that's the player
0: that's fucking D, and of course like elsie also had a bonus action of like dash disengage whatever like your rogues cunning oh, yeah, action yeah. just like hardly ever got used the whole time i was like we could have maybe like archibald could have been like on the control panel trying to help you find the the piece and maybe we get oh, to that, that would have been earlier. so cool if
2: we had like some stupid little shit going on
0: um yeah next time but next uh, time. that's that's what happens when you get into a boss fight in D. you know you just forget shit because there is so much to keep in your mind all at once
2: Whenever I remember I had stone cunning, I was so proud of myself. <laughs> we're in the cistern and I was like, I can see in the dark and I have stone cunning. Uh,
0: anytime you're yeah, anywhere, it's like, yep, stone cunning. I like that it just represents Mugwort just knowing her shit when it comes to the city and getting
2: around. I'm pretty sure in the second season rather than the first season, mm. there's a bit where we're in the cistern for some reason and we have to find an excuse for while why we're there. <laughs> and I'm like, we're hunting, we're hunting oh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: That's <yeah>. perfect. <laughs>
0: Good one. Something
2: to look forward to. Yeah.
0: Full teaser. The bits never stop. The bits never stop. So, the finale. Mm. What the fuck happens? Mitochondria does actually die. That was like, that was intense. Reginald gets taken out as well.
2: Because I was like, but I want to keep doing podcasts with Elizabeth. (laughs) I've only played three D&D games with Elizabeth and she's died in two of them.
0: (laughs) I've played five and she's died. Well, I say five. There's one campaign uh, in the at home, where she's played several characters because they've had to die or leave for some reason or another. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a theme. She's um, committed to the fight. She she is. She's committed to the bit, and she won't back down from a choice because it's like it's sensible to keep your character alive. Mm. You know, like Elizabeth just takes the fucking
2: goes with takes it, it all. The yeah, way. which is really admirable. It's it makes playing with her very fun mm. because she doesn't go. She doesn't meta game. Yeah. But the other game I'm playing with her is one i'm dming, and there's been like no combat the whole time because it's like a murder mystery on a boat. Mm. so if she manages to, if her character <laughs> manages to die, it will be quite I'll an accomplishment. Boss, She's just like,
1: has yeah. a heart attack, yeah, so. <laughs> she just
2: jumps into the ocean yeah
0: in the in the home campaign uh that we had been playing it has since sort of come to an end um but had been going on for a few months before we started playing our own game here in Cerulea um she was playing a dragonborn which was like was played with the scottish accent which is kind of where that impetus came from like she just mm. sort of tried to keep playing a similar character but uh take a different angle on it and that character like had to leave the party and become a bad guy because she based that character on a truly awful human being who shall remain unnamed and like she was then, then surprised three months later when like nobody in the party likes my character and i was like And when she finally told us who she'd based it on, we're like, well, that's no fucking surprise whatsoever. So leaning into that, I was just like, let's just, rather than trying to fix this problem, let's take this character and make them who they want to be and put them somewhere else. So that counts as a death. Then she came back as a uh, fairy ranger, like an Eladrin ranger when the party went to the Feywild. And at some point they were on a mad spirit quest. They were in like a vision of the past, experiencing like a climactic event that had informed the campaign, like learning about how the evil wizard who currently rules the kingdom became the evil wizard who currently rules the kingdom. And as they are about to escape the dream vision, uh, she looks down, they're trying to escape this tower. And I'm like, you're just in a swirling mass of stars and there's this absolute vortex of darkness underneath you. And in this world, the god of like darkness and death is just like very real. And she, I feel like I made it very obvious that this is the place where death is. Uh, She's like, i got to jump down there and see what happens. (laughs) I'm like fuck it. Uh, DC fifteen, Christmas Eve will die, and
2: she failed. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in the last in the last game, the reason why her character died is partially my fault because mm-hmm. they were like, "Do you you have this one chance to save her? Do you have any potions?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> tried a medicine check. That's it. And failed. And then directly afterwards, I was like, "I regret I, um... to inform you that I can't read." <laughs> and I in fact have a really good healing potion. Can I retroactively use it? And they're like, "No."
0: gotta stick with no, it they're
2: dead.
0: um yeah there you go uh, so it's it's hard to kill a character in DD, but not impossible mm. and then she exploded and then she exploded i was like we're well, we gonna almost killed mugwort ironically she she <laughs> did the explode i was like do the obi-wan kenobi use your last spell slot to do the divine smite damage and see what happens timothy made his save and like took three damage and was like great and mugwort got fully wiped out <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, was not before or after I got sucked into the orb?
0: That was after you got sucked into I got, the orb. I got sucked so into the goddamn rat.
2: orb and I came the back orb. as a rat person. and right. I, I really didn't like that. I really didn't want to be Ooh, a rat person. Yeah, that was a great reaction. Because I just. Mugwort, she is quite proud of who she is. Like, not mm. to the point of like she looks on other people for not being dwarves, yeah. but she's been a dwarf for a while. She's really entrenched with the culture. She looks and feels and acts like a dwarf through and through. Yeah. So being something that isn't that is sort of an antithesis to her. Yeah. She can't She can't roll with that. The entire time she's like pushing against that because she just wants to be yes. who she is.
0: Yeah. And I remember when I, you got inside the orb and like the, you, you continued to fail, like you failed two more saving throws while inside the orb. Oh, yeah, so it was crack. just like, yeah, you just had to go all the way with it. But at least you had some company in the form of Peter Piper reginald (laughs) hardfire and one of your sons (laughs) who also got ratified against their will
2: oh because he was the dwarf and he was like hodor style holding the door and he just kept not dying and i can't remember his name frankie frankie Frankie. i love frankie i think frankie and tobias so the guard and abigail she's she's helpful yeah abigail's good but i I completely forgot in the first episode i named like all of these other kids and i was like i forgot about susan (laughs) There was a Susan. Oh my God. Even I forgot about Susan. Yeah, Yeah, like if if you re listen to episode one, I name up a bunch of because there's, um,
0: there's like three or four at least who are there. Oh,
2: there's Jimothy.
0: Yeah. Jimothy and Jeremiah keep coming back.
2: Yeah. Because I remember there was, I I I tried to name a character Jimothy and Damo was like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) I will not allow it. And so I was like, you can't stop me naming one of my kids, (laughs) Jimothy. You
1: can't stop my crimes. And I feel like Um, when we were doing that last episode, I was like genuinely surprised with, um, what was happening like a lot of mm. it like i didn't expect or partly probably because i hadn't really thought about it but mm. like yeah I, I remember being like oh my god and this is gonna and this is and what yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
0: um i definitely was like go big or go home there's everything about surrealia season one is like what you're not supposed to do at the start of a dnd campaign like it's always start in a small town keep the stakes kind of low your, your heroes aren't like anything special you want to give yourself room to grow and i was like fuck all of that the sky is a rainbow, we're in a giant <laughs> city, and you're going to save the whole fucking thing in half a dozen episodes, and then we'll see if we can keep going up from there.
2: But, like, basically all of the... the Because uh, Daddy mm. died. Daddy died. And... Mm.
0: I actually... Mm.
2: Oh, yeah, sure, um, right. Patricide, so Greek. Single tier for yeah. Reginald. But, um... Most of the upper class got yeah. sucked into the orb, except for Thick Boy. Except for Thick Boy, so there was this huge power it vacuum. Didn't, that's <laughs> it.
0: That was yeah. So it kind of gets a bit drowned out in the in the finale because everyone's kind of shouting and and there's a lot of music going on. But I roll the d percentiles in that moment to just see like let's see how much of the upper class gets sucked into the orb. And I roll a 95 just off the bat. Cool, five percent of the ruling elite are left over. Um, and Thick Boy had already rolled like a nat twenty on his last charisma save. And also, he's the other guy we have a name for. Him. It'd be yeah, stupid not to keep it'd, him it'd around. It'd be
2: exhausting to name another
0: one because um, he's too fun to keep around. So yeah, Thick Boy becomes Lord Mayor of the city.
2: I think there's a lot. I think we did more with his character in the second season. Mm. We had more so. characters and more political intrigue. Oh, yeah. And I think I'm really interested to see where Thick Boy goes in the future Me because too. I don't necessarily know if i trust him yeah yeah. like how much does he know how much is he involved with how much is he just going along with because it's advantageous Mm. at that moment like i had i had a couple of i had a couple of questions a couple things that i remembered from season one so so i'd completely forgotten the only bit of like backstory i gave to mugwort's life because the three things that no one not even i know about her is what is her first name yeah what happened to her husband yeah and, and how old is she? Yeah. yeah. But she did mention that she got her cook's bag from her mum, Yeah. And then I went nowhere with that. Mm. So I think I might try and in season three, when we I record mean, it, yeah. try and do a little uh, bit more backstory for Mugwort.
0: The, the thing, you know, I'm daydreaming about D&D 90% of the time and always coming up with like, here's a thing that I'll do if X happens. You know, you're just like coming up with conditional oh, scene yeah. triggers. And it's like in the event that Mugwort arrives at death's door, whether or not she crosses the threshold or just like is in that moment where she has to make a whole bunch of death saves and like might die and needs to have a near-death experience, she's gonna wake up in the kitchen with her mum.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like
0: that's that's the that's the interaction that happens at that point in time.
2: Have either of you watched The Haunting of Bly Manor? No. So this, I'm not gonna say uh, spoilers. It's like my favorite show of all time. It's on Netflix, it's really good. Please watch us you I can talk to you about it. <laughs> but there's a bit where one of the characters is you're not sure if they're dead or they're dying or whatever, but they're having this repeated conversation with another character in a kitchen. And she's slowly figuring out what's Mm. happened to her and everything. And that's what I think what would, that's what would happen with Mugwort. Like she wouldn't be able to acknowledge it. Because Mugwort, she's not necessarily inflexible. She rolls with the punches, but she has a very, she has an understanding of this is my life. And this is what happens within my life. And then these people come along and mess things up. But the end of the day, this is who I am and this is what I do. Mm. And Mugwort's like, we have no idea how old she is. So she's been, but she's been around for a while. So I think it's the same thing of the idea of Mugwort doesn't expect, like she knows academically she's going to die one day, Mm. but she, it doesn't really play on her mind. She doesn't really think about it because is what I'm saying makes sense. She's a pillar of the community. She's
0: entirely focused on like being who she is. Like the idea of that, there's a, this is also a spoiler for season two. There's a moment where like Elsie brings up Mugwort's retirement and she responds (laughs) (laughs) very unfriendly (laughs) to that being brought up. I don't remember that. Um,
2: But like, I don't, I feel like if, if Mugwort was in that situation where she was on death's door, she definitely wouldn't recognize it because she doesn't know how to be in that state. Mm. Fundamentally that goes against her character. And the other thing was, uh, Elsie kept mentioning her parents and how they were lost since the great event. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. I like planted Elsie's a great seed event. that I have
1: not sown. <laughs> <laughs> I never
0: come back to it.
1: Because I just thought, yeah, I was like, I feel like there needs to be some reason, reason she's an orphan or hmm. some like story oh, before yeah. that that may come up in a future episode, yeah. and, if yeah, we until, remember.
0: Until people start asking questions about how you are, where you are. It's also great. Yeah. You've got to have the unnamed stuff so that... In a moment of need, you can be like, yeah, "Here's this plot hook that I really need to be fucking important." Turns yeah. out,
2: well, it's like how we we haven't planned out all forty of Hogwarts kids. No, nah. as needed, we'll do a roll to see is there a kid nearby and yeah. what's their status.
0: <laughs> what can they so, do?
2: So, I think we've named maybe maybe been a few. 10? There's been a few named. It'd be possibly. Yeah. It'd be. It'd be. Just under 10 or 10. Yeah, be I'd yeah. say seven.
0: <laughs> for season one specifically, I think we get about five or six if there were like four in the first episode and then to, to, Tobias and Frankie get added in. Um, so it's like six in season one. And then, my, and then there's also my couple kid couple that
2: works for the Sunfangs. Sun
0: yeah, yeah. So we know that they exist. We just don't know what they're called.
2: Yeah, we haven't necessarily interacted with yeah. them. Mm. And I do have a tendency to give them dumb names. I think their names are wonderful. I think it's just Don't a
0: thing him. in improv where you just kind of like, you just kind of throw out a name that's simple and there in your head. But the problem is that it's, it tends to be such a banal name and then it's super but sometimes hard to that remember. It's
1: like, I feel like Timothy, like, that's actually like a great yeah. name for him he because, grew like, into he's it very kind well. of, yeah, but his his character's kind of like, you know, was born into this really noble family, but he's kind of a bit like, you know, bit of a black sheep. Dweeb, like, you know, yeah. is he a bit dweeby? Is he a bit like, you know, yeah, a bit of the black sheep? So I think that actually worked perfectly. So.
2: I I like some of the stuff we get into with this character in season two. We get to see a bit more of his of his backstory and yes. where he came from. And mm. you should listen to season two when it comes By out. Season, so you knew, so you know what I'm talking about.
0: Next week, as of the moment of this, no, hang on, yeah, yeah, yeah. As of the moment of this being Just released, say the date. next week, November seventh, <laughs> November eighth, the Monday that is closest to November seventh. Um first, I think this will be coming out. Eighth should be one plus seven, funnily oh. enough, is eight. Yeah. November eighth for the beginning of the second season. Very exciting. Very exciting. Shorter episodes, mm-hmm. episodes longer run, and just yeah, also great Shorter episodes. Great shit Ashley going on. Damien realized that <laughs> pushing past an hour and a half of recording time is just a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah,
1: real. i
2: do what I can. I, I think it kinda
0: worked. I think like it-, it made the episodes a lot sort of tighter and punchier as well, which was good. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I think by good. the end of it, you're like, I kinda have to pee mm. and I kinda wanna go home and sleep. Yeah. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, And at the end of it, because I'm always talking about pies, Elizabeth's like Needs I to wanna, get a pie needs to get a pie on where? the yeah. way home.
0: Yeah. retrospectively, uh I would have finished episode six of the moment mitochondria died. Because that was at about an hour and a half, hour mm. forty eight. Uh, on, on the recording clock and then done a seventh episode of like finishing the fight and doing a bunch more like, like epilogue, epilogue stuff kind of and thing. a bit more of mitochondria mm-hmm. behind the curtain so that those, it was in the thing. Oh, definitely we got there and the cool thing about not having a, a well-informed epilogue was that we got to kind of come to what the fuck happened after the festival in our session zero and like setting up season did two. Did we have
2: like an overall did we have a winner of the chariot race or did they kind of just scrap it? Uh,
0: well it got interrupted because, of course, oh, okay. the orb was supposed to come up after the chariot race, which Allura Sunfang, who comes up next season, would have won.
2: I just like the uh, idea that she's like on the chariot and she's just like, nope, and just keeps <laughs> shouting away. <laughs> uh,
0: but the orb, yeah, shows up in the middle of the of the stadium, like just before the race is supposed to finish and everything kind of jams to a halt. Um, and the festival is ended prematurely and nobody gets their money back.
2: Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't suppose to like be their that. biggest concern, but I don't know. <laughs> I try and get a refund, but that's just me. <laughs> did yeah. like Concerned people citizens.
0: from... Well, they ended up just looting the houses of the 95% oh, of the yeah, rich people right. who weren't there anymore and kind of got their so own back So when did the,
1: did the rich people get like sucked from their houses? How did no, that work? Well, everybody was at the stadium.
0: Okay. So right? they, would they get anybody sucked from who's their, anybody is at the stadium, people got sucked seat. from their seats. Peter like, Piper <coughs> was like up in the, in the mix, uh, in the main stadium and got sucked into the orb just before it rose through the main thing. Um, Reginald was already downstairs. Um, But yeah, a lot of the other people were just like in the upper funny. ring it would have
2: been. Yeah. Imagine if you were like just in the middle, in the middle of like of taking a bite of like a fantasy hot dog. Yes. And you're just like, oh,
1: <laughs> someone else is like, yoink,
2: <laughs> <laughs> just grabbing the hot dog from I'm yeah. like, will you? <laughs> so many. <people>. <laughs> <laughs> will you? Um, <laughs> <No>! <laughs> da- darling, it would make me so happy if you would think it, uh, do many other of being my <laughs> wife. <laughs>
1: That's so one way to go a proposal. Yeah, yeah.
0: then of course they come out the orb. orb. Um, yeah, and then of course a lot of people get sucked into the orb, and Elsie turns the orb off, like very deliberately after Mrs. Mugwok comes out of it. So it's like not enough other people have had the opportunity to get out of there, so they're just stuck are they inside.
2: Theoretically, like, are they still in there? Are they still they're just like? Wait to find out later. Because they are? We probably shouldn't let them out. Mm. <laughs> um, they're trapped like rats in
1: a maze.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, Inside the Orb was great. I was quite, I uh, quite happy with Inside the Orb. I'm quite happy with the music from Inside the Orb. That was uh, uh, a little tune that yes. I uh, from my past, which I brought in. I'm um, listen to the
1: music all over again.
0: Yeah, I
2: think I had a moment with Reginald where I was like, "You need to fix your son," and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you
1: did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you need to like." <laughs> he's, he's like, "I realised that. He's, <laughs> he's, he's misbehaving quite a bit. And you should probably you should probably get on that."
0: Like I'm you that write Reginald cool um so that's i mean that's about the whole of it uh we do have a audience submitted question
2: oh do we really exciting um I, I did see that james posted one up from the the art seeing uh, a city with two mountains and divided <laughs> north and <laughs> south. <laughs> south
0: with unwieldy round because of course he saw the um essential yeah, arena was like crazy how, roundabouts
2: how unlikely <laughs> canberra uh
0: yes uh pike writes the podcast has seasons but does the realm of Cerulea? Yes, it does. What a good question. Um, In episode one, it was described as this beginning of spring for the event that the Festival of Lights is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of one of those things like you could very easily kind of do away with it. But I figure now that it's been said kind of the word spring has been used now at the start of both seasons. So we're there now.
1: And what season is this? I mean, it's two days later from the other yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything's happening within season. the
0: same season. Episode season one is like it's two days and then basically a month passes before we kick into the next season.
2: So, so it's still spring. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and demo plays very uh, time scale dense adventures, as you may or may not have noticed.
2: We could just make it like. Um, so it's
0: like a few days on on Mike and then just like we come back a few weeks later to see how things have progressed. We
2: could just do it like Sex in the City. Cause sex hmm. in the city is perpetually spring wow. over oh, across really? like, I've never I seen it, it, but I saw yeah. I, I read a, a trivia post about it for some reason. And it was like over like the 10 or whatever seasons, it's just always spring yeah. because that's when the fashion looks best. And they just, people are like, Oh, what is it going to be winter? And it's like, never, we don't have winter in <laughs> sex in the sea ci- sex in the city land. And I like we that. Don't it get like a, cold. We don't get cold. <laughs> it's always bikini season.
0: One weird thing I thought about that. It just hasn't come up was like, shit. How does it rain here? Definitely imagine that waterfalls, but like there hasn't been a cloud described think, in the show like at a all. Fairy and I don't
1: with like with fucking <laughs> like like rain buckets, and or? they just like tip it on you. Yeah, I think that.
0: would Um, it's just fairies in the sky just peeing on everybody
2: that's yeah, what rain is it all, right it, yes. al- it, it always rains at night when no one can see it so no one we know well, this, it rains we just yeah, don't know well, how. Like there's
0: still lights in the sky at night time though that's it only trick.
2: rains when no one is looking <laughs> <It> rains <laughs> no, so it's like it's, that guy from mystery men that can only turn invisible uh, when no one's I looking, I, looking.
0: I love that it's canon um
2: <laughs> fuck yeah
0: that's the thing. Like the show is supposed to be called Surreal, but it's so easy just to make the obvious logical choice. I was like, yeah. we need
1: to do stuff that's more surreal, I guess.
0: So now it only rains when no one is looking. I love it. Congrats. Uh, so if
1: everyone beauty. was looking at the orb and everyone was at the festival, it
0: might it, it might have been raining for just a second there in that yep. in that last moment. Yeah.
2: I suppose when everyone wanted to rain, they all just go, "Okay, it's rain time," <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just agrees to look at the ground for like or just yeah. like, they just but, not look at the sky
0: the question is like how far reaching is this like if only a certain number of people in like one region are looking down like does it just rain there if you if like <laughs> everybody in just one like square meter is looking at the ground does it rain only what on if that
1: everyone square? around you is looking
0: at the ground What's does the it radius? rain on you
2: what, yeah. Yeah. what if it's like what if it's like and how far up would you need to look cuz if you're just looking at the horizon yeah. it's yeah, a different yeah. I feel like it's you like you can cor- see so much of the sky i feel sky. like it's like cornwall
1: because
2: mm. i have a rule and i think it's in british filming that you can have a penis on an erect penis visible on a movie or a tv show but it can't be any higher than cornwall which is like i, I look just Quite look high. up cornwall, cornwall guys mm. so maybe it's like that been. like maybe if you, you can look up but you can't look up more than like you can't a certain number <laughs> oh. of degrees wow. and if you look that above rain? that the rain will just stop oh my god weird that is crazy that that's the thing yeah. i'm
1: gonna look it up when i got the cornwall rule
0: there is this is a complete tangent but there's a race uh of muppets like somebody homebrewed muppets is a DD playable race amazing um on reddit and i fucking love it one of the special rules is um that of course muppets are only ever filmed from the waist up so for some reason <laughs> like you, your legs can never be seen and therefore you always count as being in half cover i love,
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> Muppet I, I love homebrewed stuff like that where you're like you can do this, but you have to play like weirdly specific rules. Yeah. And in, in the other game that I'm playing that demo's DMing, when we started off designing all of our characters, we went around in like a virtual circle and had mm-hmm. everyone endow, endow each other's characters yeah. and it just made it really fun and really like dynamic because you then have to make choices and justify the choices made by your teammates. And mm-hmm. the character I'm playing is a pet rock Mongo. That, called Mungo, who always That's has to have name. my character's name is Bungo Bone Stealer, and the rock's name is Mungo, and Mungo yes. always has to have the first blow. So whenever I'm in a fight, I always have to go, OK, gonna how am I going to hit this person with a rock and but not lose the rock? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you got to be careful throwing the rock, right? Might fall in the water or something. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: delightful. It come up. And
0: then weirdly, because your character had a higher dexterity, Mungo technically was more accurate and did better damage. Yeah, than
2: Mungo. And there were a few attacks. times where Mungo did better Mungo damage a rock than my, long, than my double-handed long sword.
0: Ah, uh, abilities. It's good That's time. D&D. It's good shit. Um, well, that about wraps us up then. Rats um, us <laughs> 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 oh, Shit. Are we all wrapped up like rat's tails? Are we going to rat king some shit? There's a great rat king fight in Dimension 20, the Unsleeping City. Just... Plug that for free. Brennan Lee Mulligan is my hero. Um... If
1: you have further but questions here, but you know, whatever. Oh uh, yeah. well, okay. Elsie's everyone's. In terms here. of my hero
2: closest <laughs> to hand, <laughs> if, if you need someone, if you if you want to get ahead in in Surin, <laughs> You need you need to know an Elsie.
0: <laughs> I loved how confident Elsie was. was. Lie. was like, yeah. Confident um, with like no backing behind. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Just like we literally built this character to be like the lowest status yeah. person we could imagine, and then she's just showing up, huge with just, like, big dick swinging, energy, it, swinging it around. <laughs> oh what can uh, I say? Yeah. I love it. Elsie's the hero. Anyway, where the fuck was I? Yes. We're um, wrapping up. If we want to wrap up, <laughs> if you have any further uh, questions about season one, you can uh, comment on posts or DM us on Instagram uh, at Cerulea Podcast or One Word. We're also on Facebook under the same tag. Jump in. Uh, get in amongst the discussion, the Patreon, of course, Cerulea podcast also. Nice and easy, right? It's concise. It's consistent. It's beautiful. I love it. Uh, you got to keep it co- yeah, tight. I'm glad there are um, no other podcasts called Cerulea. Yeah, you can ask us stuff uh, and get in touch that way the patreon itself the first tier you get access to our soundtrack uh it's the second tier concerned citizen which gives you access to cerulea after dark you'll be able to hear the session zeros so of course coming out soon is the session zero for season two where we actually talk about the aftermath of the festival and how we set up uh the next season which is imminent um and there'll be some other fun stuff on that show as well not just the
1: interseasonal talkbacks yeah, yeah. And if you like the podcast, yes. give us a review. Review. And if you don't like it, give us a good review anyway. <laughs> Do it, be nice.
2: We're, we're very nice people and we're all performers, so we live off a positive reinforcement.
0: Positive. Fun fact, the season-wide song for season two is called Positive Reinforcement. Oh, so get ready for that weird. to be dropped. Um, brilliant.
2: I I genuinely didn't know that.
0: I'm like really proud of myself. It's great. Uh, um, I'm really happy with it as a tune. Um, We have coming up on the 5th of November, we're going to go live from the studio with the adventures of Archibald.
1: Oh my God. We're going to do a little one shot, a little first level
0: one shot. We get to see Archibald in his element being, like, a whole character.
2: And you'll get to hear Ashley's amazing mouse voice. Um, well, the yeah, first to time figure ever. out what his voice is. And, and find meh, out. Meh, meh.
1: Figure it out at the time. <laughs> um... Yeah. I think Maybe like this. <laughs> Maybe like that. Maybe um, this. my voice. Oh
2: my <laughs> Maybe not. Just annoy
1: everyone.
0: <laughs> Something that you can actually maintain for yeah. an hour and a half that people
2: will want what? to listen to. Something that means that the other players will stay in the room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet. So, yeah, if you're if you're following on Facebook, that's going to happen. Uh, anything else we need to talk about? I don't
2: think just, so. That's just be nice to good. each other.
0: Um Aww. Ask questions. And review the podcast. That's right. You can review us on Apple. You can throw reviews on the Facebook page as well. And that's about it. Cool. Love it. Fuck yeah.
1: As always, I'm your dungeon master, <laughs> dude. <Damien Ashcroft. laughs> I've been
0: Damien Ashcroft. <laughs> Joining me as have been Ashley Bletchendon and Carolina Furman. Thank you both. Good night.
2: Thanks. Good night.
0: Bye. <music>